RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Paul Painter from the Yummy Fruit Company spoke to us back in May. You might remember that conversation about the aftermath of Cyclone Gabriel for orchards in Hawke's Bay. And uh, if you are interested in hearing that chat, uh, you can go to our replays page and dial in Paul Painter, Yummy Fruit Company. It'll come up in the search. Paul is back with us at RCR to update us on things. Hi, Paul. Welcome back. Good morning. How have you been in that time since May? Well, battling away, really. I mean, day to day, there's still a lot of disaster zone out there. And, you know, some of my guys are out there working in pretty difficult conditions. And there's still places, sort of shady spots in the orchard where um, you'll get stuck if you try to drive through them. So it's, it's amazing how this thing is hanging around and will be for many years. Yeah, okay, so we're now three, four, nearly four months later. From the discussion, yeah, but this uh, the cyclone happened right at the beginning of the apple harvest yeah. uh, on about 14th of uh, February, I think. So it's it's sort of almost seven months since it occurred. Okay, at the time you were unclear, I think, from memory, uh, about what sort of assistance, what sort of recovery packages, initiatives where the government was sort of going to swing in behind, all that sort of stuff that was sort of up in the air. What do we know now? Well, we know that uh, the initial response was quite helpful and, and swift, but after that, and it was a little bit mirrored what happened in Christchurch after the earthquakes, it became ponderously slow, really. And so we're still in a bit of a predicament. A lot of homeowners here still don't know how their houses will be zoned, uh, whether they can return to them or not, and whether they want to repair them or not. So there's all sorts of uncertainty that should have been dealt with faster than it has been. But basically, the government started to see it was running out of money. Uh, the industry asked probably for some, some grants to be given to them to get back on their feet. And what we've got are some loans from, from Kanoa. Kanoa is the great triumph of the Māori renaming uh, initiative, because otherwise it would be the regional economic development and investment unit, which is a bit of a mouthful. So we'll run with Kanoa. Okay. But that basically offered uh, loans uh, to individual businesses to basically rebuild, replant, reestablish, repair, whatever is required to get back on their feet. And those loans will be interest-free until the companies return to profitability, after which they'll be interest-bearing and you'll have to pay them back. What sort of size loan are we talking about? Do, do you know? Give us a sort of ballpark idea. Well, they talked about $4 million, I think, but um, uh, we're a larger company. We've got more than 200 uh, permanent employees, and, and, and our full-time equivalents are more like 360, something like that. So we've asked for uh, a loan of $15 million, which seems like an awful lot of money, but they didn't really uh, balk at that. They understand that they've got a tailor applications based on the size of the business and how relevant But you got to earn it back, Paul. got to earn it back, and that's a difficult thing. And nobody really gets this. I mean, the reason we're all in trouble is we now have a debt problem. Uh, we obviously went through the challenges of COVID, and then because of the Ukraine war, a market collapse in, in, uh, in Europe, um, and now we have Gabrielle. And Gabrielle, basically, we'd produced our crops uh, and they were hanging on the tree ready for harvest, and then the storm came through and wa washed them all down the river. So a lot of people lost 10% of their equity or their seasonal finance when that occurred. Uh, they also incurred maybe a 20% loss in their balance sheet. Their orchards were ripped out and knocked over a good portion of them. So they lost 30% of their equity straight away. And then the beyond going, their ongoing um, silt 
removal and cleanup costs. And even next year, those the trees that survive won't come straight back into production. If you've got a really stressed biological organism that's been through trauma and you ask a lot of it, it's likely to get become diseased and die. And so it's a, a 2024 is a nurse through trying to keep your trees alive here. And so we can probably kiss goodbye between the unfunded cleanup costs and the, the compromise of a year we've got. We might lose another 10% of equity. So, uh, you know, 40% of equity probably uh, has disappeared off a lot of balance sheets uh, over the over a couple of years through no fault of their own. And if you had uh, 65% equity minus 40, uh, you've now got 25% equity. So that's way too low to keep a bank happy. And they say, you've got a debt problem. More than that, your orchard's in a bit of a mess and half beaten up. Um, so what's the value of our security? You know, it's a bit like your house if it's half fallen down. They're saying, if I had to sell you up, what would I get for your orchard? They're thinking not very much, and I think they're right. Uh, people that want to invest in orchards have pretty much uh, fled the region because who wants to invest in a disaster zone? And if you do want to invest, you want a bargain. So the banks are saying you've now got 25% equity, 75% debt, and you've got an asset that we think is um, highly compromised in terms of its sale value. So that's why we need a government bailout. Otherwise, basically, we're all insolvent, we're all broke. And, um, you know, if you get a major employer in a major industry uh, like well, viticulture, farming, um, apples, that's pretty much, and the cropping guys, pretty much uh, a massive chunk of the Hawke's Bay economy. So if they start tipping over, the social and economic impacts in our region will be catastrophic. So the government doesn't want that. So you've got a loan scheme. But essentially, you're solving a debt problem with more debt. Yeah, so how like, do the banks respond to that? Because... You've just taken on, okay, the figure you mentioned, 15 million more debt. Okay, it's interest-free in the meantime, and you got to, you got to pay it back. So the equation kind of goes backwards, doesn't it? For Yeah, it's pretty nasty. But the banks are looking at it saying, these guys are insolvent. We don't want to bank them through. We don't want to give them any more money. And I require probably about 6 or $7 million in seasonal finance to get the crop ready for harvest. Right. They don't really want to fund that. So the government are coming to the party. You sort of sideline the the bank debt. Uh, the government keep you going oh, okay. for a while yeah. and hope you, you can trade your way out of, out of trouble. And, of course, the banks are saying, well, if I had 20 horticultural businesses in Hawke's Bay, all of which are pretty insolvent, and I put them all on the market, you know, I'd be getting um, cents in the dollar for them, and the banks will lose an awful lot of money. So they don't fancy that pathway either. So the, this scheme in terms of the loan guarantees and the – and the loans to keep the businesses going is very much in the interest of the banking community as well as the growers. Right. Grants, though, I mean, should should grants have been, well, I guess they were considered, but all right, I, I mean, you're paying out, the money goes out, but th that does secure the future, doesn't it, of the industry? Well, the banks are right, and you say to them, um, we've got a debt problem, so what do you advise? And they'd say, well, you need to inject capital or you need to sell some assets and reduce debt, um, both of which are quite difficult when we're down on our benders, but that is how you solve the problem. So solving a debt problem with more debt, popular in, in uh, government um, circles, but it, it really is a big challenge. How do we dig ourselves out of that debt hole? Uh, that's going to be a very big ask indeed. So, yes, grants would have been better to write the ship, but philosophically, um, people would say, you're a business and you've, you know, you've come upon hard times, but 
that's business. You should go broke and um, maybe somebody to pick up cheap and make a dollar out of it, although they won't have any skills in doing what we're, we're doing. Yeah, you might be right, but actually, yeah, if you're incompetent and you're dumb and you're stupid and you make bad decisions, fair enough. But if you get a weather event, which could happen to anyone, any sector, any place could get wiped out, mm-hmm. then are we a community or aren't we? Oh, I'm on your side. Uh, I think we're a community because we already see the impacts on mental health, on drug and alcohol abuse. We're going to see, well, certainly there's a number of companies, including ourselves, who have fewer staff than we had back then. So unemployment's starting to pop up. So the, the social and economic impacts on a region are huge. And that's why the government should be interested, and they are interested. They really want to help us get through this with a with a minimum of pain because they saw in the 1980s when the, the two big uh, freezing works at, at Fokatu and Tamana uh, closed down, you know, we had queues of people looking for a job here out the gate, genuinely 200 people in a queue, and people didn't know how to pay their mortgages or feed their families, and they don't want that sort of event to happen in the regions. It's bad politics, but it's pretty bad economics too. Okay, so is there anything else that we need to know? Anything else you want to say? Any detail that that we need to uh, get across? Um, well, I think I think um, one of the key things is he starts saying, if you've got not much equity, say these guys have got twenty five percent equity, you know they're going, well, mate, should I replant the orchard? And they've got very sensible people on their team, quite often called their wives, who are saying, you want to dig a big debt hole and. Um, and go and plant these trees. It'll be a 10-year workout. You're 64 years old. Your, your father died of a heart attack at 67. This is not a sensible idea. Why don't you just uh, get out? Maybe you'll come out with a million dollars or something. We can buy a freehold house in town. You can get a part-time job. You retire in a couple of years, and we can live modestly in our retirement. Do you want to do that, or do you want to take the big risk of taking on the debt and um, you know, trying to get yourself out of trouble. By that time, you've been in your 70s if you're your average grower. So that's the question people are asking. And so the demographics of the rural community are definitely against us. You know, the average farmer or fruit grower is probably into their 60s by a few years. And uh, is this the sort of risk um, strategy they want to employ? I mean, the government here is the lender of last resort. So you're heavily indebted. No one else is going to give any cash. If the wind blows the wrong way, you're out the back door. So is that a risk you want to take? Now, I'm a little bit younger, uh, so the answer is yes. And also, I can't see any uh, other way to get out of here apart from out through the front door. But there are many growers who who maybe will be thinking of an exit strategy rather than embarking on a death or glory strategy, which it might be for some of them. I, mean, I can see, yeah, that's that would be a no-brainer for some. The, the way you put that, in terms of age and the effort, and and I mean, what are you really, you know, trying to work towards? Um, yeah, and I guess there's some headwinds too. Uh, you've got the economic headwinds of what looks like a, a pretty tough trading conditions for New Zealand. You see the mire of the dairy industry and even the sheep guys. Probably some sort of global recession boom uh, brewing. Uh, you've still got the Ukraine war going. Uh, um, you've got a Chinese property slowdown, nervousness right around the world. So there's a lot of fuses um, that are lit and things could go wrong. You have a GFC2 or something, you're in trouble. So do you want to take those uh, those broader risks? So it is a a more risky environment than it was. And of course, interest rates are a lot higher than they were too. So we're we're, uh, in an environment that where people are a little bit more fearful than they are greedy. 
and uh, and really the big challenge over the next few months is for uh, some sensible people in the media and industry bodies to get the data about who has applied for these loans by region and by sector and by quantum of money to see is the government's policy response uh, effective? Is it going to achieve the outcome of keeping our economies going and our export dollars flowing in the fullness of time? Or has the response been muted and was the policy um, not fit for purpose? And it would be a key question, I think, to ask of uh, whichever new government. I was just going to ask you about that. Is that something that's worth a renegotiation, another go at? If there's a change, there seems like there'll be some sort of change of government. Who knows exactly how it shakes out? But, you know, you might there might be more willingness to to um, to look a bit more closely at other ways of of uh, offering that sort of structural support, so people you know just don't go. Uh, I mean, they might survive, but you know, kind of go to the wall in their lives, you know, just hanging on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you don't want to have a review in a year or two's time and find out it hasn't worked very well and our economy is all a lot smaller and we had an opportunity we could have taken and we missed it. So we have to look at what's going on with these loans. Is the other policy settings fit for purpose? Are we getting a good result? If we're not, we quickly need to have a look at how we adjust those things and how Wellington can help us get back on our feet because it's not just growers like us that will feel the impacts. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars worth of impact. You'll feel that in every cafe and nail salon in town, and it's it's really about that broader community. There's a lot of other industries that will suffer if we don't get the economic engine, which is sheep and apples and wine out of Hawke's Bay. If we can't get that back up and running, everybody's going to feel it. So it is a community event. We're all in this uh, beleaguered boat together. Well, just remember, they spent $500 million on rat tests that expired. <laughs> so, hmm, okay, yeah. just let's just remember that. All right, Paul Painter, Yummy Fruit Company, thanks for coming back on and updating us. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.